welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And me, Father Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd mix it up because we always say the same thing and it's relevant for the film. You know? <laughs> it absolutely is. The fathers are in. <laughs> um, we are back and we are coming following our review of The Exodus Believer, the very highly divisive, or yeah. actually divisive, I guess, is 50 50. This is more like highly shit to most yeah, people. Yeah, highly shit to um, But we loved it. Um, we are back with the. Dun, 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 the original. Exorcist. Yeah, which I think we were supposed to do before we watched the yeah we were the believer. We normally try to do the original, <laughs> then we'll talk about the new one, so that when we're comparing it, um, we don't have to do that. But we did quite a lot of comparison of what we knew in yeah. that episode, so I think more of this one is going to be the Exorcist itself. We're focusing on the original film. The original. We might throw in a couple of little bits, but <laughs> yeah, we might do because. This we, is, we have no structure, we have so no, we we, we'll do. just go off on a tangent and we might end up talking about David Gordon Green for about 20 minutes. We may do. Before we come back and realise that it has nothing to do with The Exorcist anymore. Yeah, or potentially something else, which <laughs> keys into my little factoid I was, I was teasing you with. Um, and if you want to hear that factoid, then stick around. Um, and <laughs> remember to hit that subscribe button and please leave us a lovely review. I've got to get that, you know, I've got to get that in there. The, f- the power of Christ compels you to hit the subscribe button and leave us a lovely review. Um, so this is the first time I've watched The Exorcist in <clears throat> about 15 years. I mean, I, I <clears throat> growing up, The Exorcist is heavily featured in things like scariest horror movie ever best horror movie you know real yeah it happened it was real life and i passed out in the theater out, and i was this is banned you're not allowed to watch it and... i busted my nut in my pants all that kind of stuff <laughs> you know um but watching it 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 reminded me and it made me i know we said we wouldn't really mention it but it made me appreciate believer a little bit more because i yeah. think one thing with this film is Everybody remembers the third act, Absolutely. and I think if you if you hadn't watched this film, I think you would think that the whole film takes place in the bedroom yeah. with the exorcism. Yeah. You know, everyone forgets that. Like literally, everyone remembers the ending, that third yeah. act, the main parts, the bits with the you know with uh, the fathers and the whole of the exorcism that's happening, but. Like I, I think like I'd actually mentioned it in the previous episode, I forgot that the beginning of the Exorcist starts, you know, in a completely yeah. different country, in a quite a big like scene setting with a yeah. huge archaeological dig and you know, and more stuff about the the demon Pazuzu and all that yeah. kind of stuff that I completely forgot even happened. Same. I forgot <laughs> there was a whole subplot with a detective in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, the, the detective that appears in this, and then that's meant to be the same detective that is in The Exorcist Free, the okay. much loved by many, not so interested by me. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, the, 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 the film has so much more to it. Um, it, it has it has many subplots. It has yeah. Chris McNeil has a whole part about her as like both trying to balance her life as a somewhat celebrity actress while yeah. also being the person in this situation. You have the father who has a whole subplot about his mother and all of yeah. these kind of threads that we follow, and yet everyone mainly just reveal, remembers the bits when Regan is 
banging herself with a crucifix yeah. or when she's twisting her head around or when yeah. she's fucking up the room or when she's throwing people downstairs. You know, th- those are the bits. And yeah, those are the those are the kind of scary, kind of, yes, made mainly scary parts of yeah. the film. But yeah, there's so much more to this film. But if you came in with the idea that that's what the film's going to be, I can't imagine The Exorcist isn't going to be a letdown for you. That's it's, the main thing that pops yeah. into my head. Anyone who's been told this is the scariest film ever, or this is the shocking, or this is... It is shocking. It is. But I would... And it is creepy, and it is like, oh, fucking hell, and things like that. Yeah. But the same with Exorcist Believer. I I, I wouldn't... I'd say this one is definitely scarier. Yeah, this is definitely... It's definitely scarier. But it's also not the film that people are, like, expecting. And, And that was my part... That was part of my thing back then, to get it out of the way. That was part of the thing that I was thinking about with Believer, was that... I feel like a lot of people who were watching it maybe hadn't revisited the original maybe, that much. Because yeah. I feel like they're idolising a part of the film without idolising how the whole film plays out. I yeah. don't know. And, the, and part of the effectiveness of that end part is the journey that the characters have taken to get there. Yeah. Like um, Father Damien Karras. His, I, you know, I, I remember like there being a plot about him losing his faith uh, yeah, but I kind of forgot the the part so much about his mother and about like the guilt he felt about leaving there. I forgot that he was also like a psychologist. I forgot that part. Yeah, there's so much later, and I remember actually in the last episode I missed because I called him Father Denning, which Father is Denning. a different character, which is Bert Denning, different yeah. character. <laughs> um, but yeah, because I couldn't remember his full name, which is weird because. <laughs> uh, he has quite a, actually a standout kind of name, Father Carrot. He know. does, yeah. Um, but yeah, th- there is that whole part that plays out. And uh, I feel like some people, if they like, you know, if, if they can go with it, if they're expecting just your your modern day possession film, yeah, then I feel like this is not. Like, this is why I think this is deemed as such a great film. And it's not mainly because of the possession stuff to be honest (laughs) it's because of the build-up of the characters yeah um and that's the bit i found most interesting and most you know that i wanted to explore more than actually because it has a it has a few shocking major scenes that stand out yes yeah but around that is a whole other two hours yeah (laughs) or (laughs) hour and 50 minutes or whatever i can't remember exactly the timing but you know there is a lot and if you break down the major like scary moments it probably only accumulates to about 10 minutes of the film yeah it does you know (laughs) there is like such a such a slow pace to it i do think at least for me there was a uh, moment where i went from being like okay i forgot kind of how slow build this is Mm. and then there was a real sh- twist of like, oh shit, now like the creepy and the terrifying is beginning. Yeah. Uh, but we'll start, you know, we'll start at the start. <laughs> we'll start at the start. <laughs> it's a good well, place you, to start. You were starting by talking about your... Um, My the, fact the 15, oh, oh. No, I meant like, you've been 15 years and I was pretty yeah. much the same. Yeah. Like I, I remember having this on, um, I remember having this on DVD and it was one of the early ones where you couldn't even fit all whole parts of it onto it. So oh, as in, yeah. like it was a two-sided disc yes. where one side had the film on, the other side had the special features, Classic. and you had to like flip it back and forth to do it. Yeah. So it was an interesting early kind of DVD. Like it was one of the first. And I remember, I, I mean, I played this so much that I remember when I looked back when I, I ended up having to get rid of it. 
Um, and I think I once took it into. Do you remember when you had to like take them into game and you could get them like buffered, buffered yeah. to try and see if yeah. you could fix it? And I think I remember them handing it back to me and saying, "This this is way too fucked." <laughs> like, I don't know what the hell I'd done to it, but I'd played it enough, which is so weird. But I forget this stuff because. Again, like, I think I watched that Exorcist film so many times when I was probably, like, nine, ten years yeah. old. <laughs> child services. Yeah, child services. Um, but definitely. I watched that so much. I literally, you know, I don't know what I'd done to that disc. You'd think I'd fucked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just went to town on it. The power of Christ compelled me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was just completely bollocks. And by the time that I had to just throw it out because it was yeah. that fucked. When you get handed back the Exorcist by someone in a, like... <laughs> We can yeah. not do anything we to can't save, save this. Yeah, we, we can't, can't save, save this soul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I remember loving it. And I remember, um, I think actually the only reason I watched it, you know, in the first place is not because of the awe around it. It's because uh, bloody Scream had talked about it in its opening crap with Billy oh, yeah. in the bedroom. They yeah. talk about the exit. There's a whole like, there's a whole part with it about watching The Exorcist. The Exorcist and I got fixed on. And I was like, ah, yeah. oh, like that. That film helped me find lots of other horror films because of its, all of its references. But yeah, I definitely always thought that this was amazing. But I remember even back then people saying like, oh, I watched that and it was really boring and it was really slow. Yeah. And it was, and I, I get that of a lot of ones, but I don't know. I don't find this slow in the same way, you know, when, we, when we've said recently, maybe with certain films where we're like, this was a really like slog. This was slow. Yeah. This was trying to be, um, I think I made a dig at like A24, yeah. like there's like, there's slow because you're taking your time to build character and then there's slow because you're talking about thematic bullshit that goes nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> and and this is the opposite. This is like each character kind of gets their own time to kind of build up. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of like with the new one, but I'd say in the new one, it, it's much more about the father and there's maybe not as much with some of the others that get as much time. Yeah. Whereas here... The father, the mother, especially, get enough that when it culminates together, it feels like I understand why this person's so affected by this possession. Yeah. Why why the mother's so affected, but also why the father is suddenly so like getting agitated by what Re- Pazuzu or Regan is doing yeah. back to kind of get to him. Yeah. It but, is a real slow process, isn't it? It is. And it's great because the like when we first see um, Regan's mum, Christy... McNeil, whatever her name is, um, you see the father there as well, and you kind of know that they're they're in the same orbit. You know, they have like similar social circles, and it's only a matter of time until they're gonna kind of not collide, but they're gonna come together, cross paths, and then Karis, yeah. who's already kind of losing his faith, is going to have it confronted by you know Christie's daughter, who is going through this thing that she has no answer for um but with the start at the beginning yeah, so I, at I, the beginning. I really yeah i really like the the opening scene because i forgot again because in my head the exorcist was a small contained film yes that's what i mean it's just so, a bedroom it's nothing yeah else, that's right? what i mean and it's definitely not in iraq or iran that's what know? i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't start about israel yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um the um yeah, so that opening with uh, Max von Snowden and I was trying to find his name because I can't remember what his Merrin. name is. Merrin. I hope it's Merrin. Merrin. Yeah, with the whole um, the archaeological dig and like they they found something and, and they start burying inside and they find what what to most of you just looks like ah oh, you just pulled out a stone and then when you yeah. turn it you can see the face of something yeah and he seems to have a more clear idea of what it is 
Um, but it doesn't all take place in that one day because he, then it's like as if he's been like as if he's gone somewhere and he's been researching it or finding out about it so yeah. he's very interested in it. and yes this opening part is like it, only a couple of minutes long isn't it but he is very invested suddenly yeah. or as if he sees something in that when he sees that image on that you know, rock that artifact left yeah. behind when he sees that face of Pazuzu as we yeah. find out how it is he is very like it's like as if he's suddenly drawn into it as like one of those long standing shots yeah. where he's like in his own mind <laughs> when, yeah. when it's real quiet isn't it it's yeah. like yeah you have like the dig going on and stuff but nobody's like oh it's it's a uh, it's the fucking face of Pazuzu or nobody's saying like what it is but you know that it's shit's gonna get bad and then when they find the statue yeah it's so, such a great part that's such a good so uh, the, the the dogs that are fighting yeah. as he walks up but you're right about the the, the, the sound again again like something that I was thinking about because we mentioned it obviously everyone um, was the fact that yes it has this like iconic score and stuff like that but a lot of this film is actually quite yeah. quiet in the background as well. Yeah. So you can actually see where that's come from with the new one, which we thought was in the atmosphere. But there's something in there's something in this one about the the lighting or the intensity that kind of like in that opening scene, like the sound of the digging, the sound yeah. when it goes up, and there is a rise in the score when the Pazuzu statue yeah. comes though. But like it's like you're hearing the noises. The noises are allowed to stand for themselves. Like the dogs fighting kind yeah. of comes out quite blaringly clearly. And he's like standing and staring. And then it's it's a weird scene because it's kind of like a like a, a sunset or a sunrise. Yeah. And like there it is right in front of him, this big like idol god, which I, I'm glad actually looks like practical effects though because yeah. in a film like this though, you you could imagine where they kind of put like a shine around it and they kind of try to fit in an image and that kind of would have ruined the I look don't know. It. I think it, because it's 73, isn't it? So I yeah. don't think they'd go for that. And it's not massive. It's like... A, no, but there's a lot of 70s stories. film where they have like their Maybe. special effects is like, so we just place it on top of the image and we put uh, like yes. a little rank. You know what I'm talking about. I know like, what you're when talking they try about. to do something like, supernatural, so they, they put like, like a, it on. They put yeah. like a shiny, like a bright circle around it so yeah. it stands out and there it is. Pazuzu, but this is a much classier film than that. Yeah. <laughs> it's got Max von Snowden. <laughs> yeah, it does have Max von Snowden. Or Sidow, or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've aged him. They yeah. have. That That was one thing that was noticeable, that he is aged, because I was like, like I think he died a few years ago now. I think. I'm not sure. Um, but he he didn't look like that. Like, he was in one of the... He was in, like, the last... Star, he was in the Star Wars, like, yeah. the sequels. And like he, um, can't remember what. And he, he, he didn't even look that badly in nah. bed. Yeah, <laughs> and he was in like his nineties yeah. like when he died. So you know, they made him look worse than he ever did, and that that was slightly noticeable for me because I knew what he kind of looked like at, in old yeah. age. I was like, why do you look so old? And then I was like, why is your face so pasty, like white and chalky? I love the way you say that. <laughs> that's pasty man. Says the ginger man who's yeah, pasty says the white. Ginger man. But that's because it looks like they've kind of, it looks like they've kind of got like corn flour and just like it does, spread it, it over his face to make him look like his, his skin is like all gritty and Yeah, it's old. real weird. And they've dyed his hair like white. Yeah. It's quite funny. But it's a great, you know, it's a good opening scene. It's effective because it, it, it kind of gives you a little bit of a, oh, like, what yeah. is this? Uh, and then, obviously, we just go over to Chris McNeil. <laughs> yeah. And we start their story. We start theirs, which is, you know, they move into this house and 
I can't remember exactly what she's doing. I think she's doing a new film or something like that. Yeah. She's not the easiest of characters to warm to. I've got no, to I think she's really shrill. Yeah. She, she Because she's an actress and stuff, but she doesn't seem that warm. So in those opening scenes and stuff, we do have nice moments with her and Regan that actually do alleviate it a bit. Because yeah, yeah. When she is, but sometimes it seems like she's kind of just pushing her off a bit kind of thing she's yeah. like maid can do that and oh yeah because she i don't know if it's because she's meant to be like a star kind of thing that she's got like maids and helpers around the house and stuff like that and she's throwing that you know like the iconic like fancy party that they yeah get to. and she seems very much like even during that she seems a bit cold towards people she's like going around at a party like but yeah. it's a bit like yeah i've invited you to my house so you know this is my place this you is know? mine i yeah. will stand by the uh piano as you as you play as you this, play to me you know um, I don't know if you had also. Did do you have any part of you that reminded you from scary movie that yeah. kind of ruined a little bit yes. of it for you? Yeah, two parts. Two parts. The, yeah. the main the, the main two parts for me <laughs> were the uh, where he starts playing Mister Cow. Shake your ass. Yeah, that's what I mean. Then, when they're around yeah. the piano and they're yeah. playing such a in the in the Exorcist, they're, they're playing such a kind of thing that in my head I was like, when I when I watched it again, I was like. I didn't think that was the song they played. <laughs> yeah. And then I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, Shake Your yeah. Ass, shake and it was ass. not in Exorcist, no. <laughs> that was in Scary Movie. Yeah, and then she comes down and she pisses loads. Yeah. Um, and then the second was when they're doing the, uh, when, the when they're doing the exorcism, exorcism and it's Father Merrin. And Father Merrin's like licking his tongue at her. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. he's like kissing her, it's so funny. Well, it's, all those scenes, because, oh, it, to be fair, yeah, in Scary Movie 2, it is really well parodied. So we have James Woods playing Father yeah, Merrin. Yeah, James Woods, that's it. And it has that whole scene, like, he goes... So the scene when Father Merrin is overwhelmed and goes into the bathroom to, like, basically yeah. consume himself or, or throw up or whatever he yeah. does, like, in there too. And in the film, he goes into the toilet to have, like, a massive shit. shit. So he's got, like, the flies on his face. Yeah. Like in the original, but then he's like, he's like, ah, the power of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then also there's the whole... Um, with with uh, Father Karras, his version of that, he's even got the, he's like like when she says My, your mother's with me, and then he's like, Mum, will you get out of yeah. bed? And like, <laughs> I know it, it's bed. such childish humour, but, but it's class, I couldn't right? help not. What luckily it didn't like completely ruin the effectiveness no, it of it because I didn't remember the original clearly enough. I think, yeah, but I couldn't help but especially I think with the Father Merrin stuff with James Woods parts, I kept <laughs> yeah. looking at it going. Uh, even in that film, they parodied it well enough that they even the makeup in Scary Movie is like it. It's so really they've done. Similar. They've given James Woods like kind of crappy kind of yeah. again, like whitish kind of doesn't look like he's properly all just like makeup old. Yeah, <laughs> it's really funny, but man. really funny. But they, that's what we've said it before about Scary Movie has a tendency. Any ones that they, especially the first two anyway. Yeah, any ones they did in the first two when they did it so well. They kind of slightly ruin the effect at times of certain horror movies. Yeah, know? it just—it's just in there. You Anything know? It yeah. just gets triggered. Yeah. Exorcist, scary, uh, scream. I know what you did last summer. All That's those ones way. that were parodies. The main one for me. I know what you did last summer. Yeah, yeah. You know? That one because that one. Well, because that one's the probably the weakest of the three, like in yeah. terms of film. But it's got lines in it that are so easily parodied that when you watch the original, like what are you waiting for? And scenes yeah. like that, you're just like. Yeah, now I just can't take this film seriously at no, all. <laughs> not for me. Uh, one thing I always forget about, because, yet again, The Exorcist being such a big uh, and iconic film, and like we've said, a lot of people just focusing on that last third act. Yeah. I always forget about Captain Howdy and the 
and the Ouija board, you know? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've forgotten about it again, then. Because that's probably, like, one of the other points. That's how, you know, Regan kind of lets the the demon demon through. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but it is those little moments where you think, think, oh, this is such a a cliche way of being like, oh, they've done a Ouija board in order to get, or that Regan's got that in her bedroom as well, and you see it, that that she's obviously done it before as well, because when a mum comes in, she kind of, like away from and like we're just having fun we're just playing yeah. around with it um and it is hard yeah it is, it is actually really hard not to now talk about this film and not talk about the new one because in the new one when they're you don't show it but they're kind of doing a little like seance yeah. thing and that was something that someone else picked up saying that it was kind of a cli- like a cliche. cliche that they're doing like a, oh they do a little ritual but it's like but that's exactly not to be like oh they're copying the original but how many ways can you really make it original <laughs> to do that you know what i mean and you don't just get randomly Possessed. No, you, you have, have to, to have a way to you access have to it. let them in, to don't a... you? You know, yeah, that's the what tricky I mean. little buggers. They do that. They don't just like. It's not like they don't just slime people like Slimer. You know, no, <laughs> they yeah. just go through you. They're, no, they have to be um, invited taken in. in into this world. Yeah, but it's an interesting to have little. But again, it doesn't. One of the good things, and this is again where I find a lot of modern supernatural films fall down. Yeah, is that they really focus on that bit of how they got possessed. They spend a long kind of... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've taken the lid off because it was getting <laughs> behind, yeah. the, behind the curtains. Coffee talk. <laughs> <laughs> they, they spend a long time focusing on the Ouija board or how yeah. they're going to get possessed or what silly thing they're doing to get possessed. Whereas both of this one and the, and the new one, in fact, although they do, it's only a moment to give you a hint of what it is. They don't... You don't see the whole thing play out. They don't go no. into it for too long. They kind of just do it and then they kind of move past it and it's not really the focal part and even then so what you find in a lot of modern horror films as well when they do possession is the person will play with it the person will invite them them in and then there will be a scene where they get got for lack of a better word you know (laughs) like if you think about uh i watched this uh film recently called talk to me i think you watched it yeah yeah, i watched you know and she you know they say like we won't give spoilers because it's a new film, but they say like you have to finish the ritual properly. She doesn't finish the ritual properly, mm. but then we start to see it. You know, we start to see things seep into her life. Whereas, kind of in this, it's almost like comes in. We establish that she's already been doing it because she's like, yeah, I speak to somebody called Captain Howdy on it, <laughs> which is a weird name for a demon to give itself, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, which also brought up another question. I'll get into this after this point. Um, but she's done, she does it. She says she's already established it. And then we don't really see anything coming for Regan. All we see is Regan kind of starts to deteriorate. Yeah. You know? Yeah, again, so it is that that it doesn't need to be all about like, uh, oh, there's something rushing towards you or yeah. there's some big effect or um, it is just played in that nice, it, and it kind of links with that whole that, you know, it's also like a child on the edge of, you know, um, yeah. maturity and stuff. Like those themes that play into it a little bit, like, because there is a little bit of the idea of, like, the maturity of her woman developing kind yeah. of thing. And that, you know, some people relate this film to, like, as in your, uh, as you're going through, like, puberty and things like that, yeah. that your body changing and that they just assume at first that basically Regan's just, she's just hit puberty. You know, yeah. she's, she's just, 
She's just becoming a big old bitch. Because <laughs> 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 what is it that happens first? Is it the bed shakes loads, or is it when she comes downstairs and pisses? It's the. I'm. I'm sure there's a. I'm sure I think it's there's the a piss be- first. And then the bed. Yeah, after. because they think she's ill. Yeah, um, the, she's the Ill. bed shaking where mum see where mum sees that happening happens before that. There are a few other little hints of like Regan like in the room or feeling a bit yeah. off or ill or kind of doing some like Cujo, you know, yeah. you just see it in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just a bit off, you know. Um, but no, the the major one is that party when mum and you've got um, that's that's what's it. Burke De- Dennings, who's like the weird, like alcoholic, like I think he's like an ex-father or something like that so, at the party, and he's like going around just making inappropriate like jokes, kind of thing. He's a just, German man, just yeah. generally making everyone like uncomfortable at her yeah. party to the point where they're like, you, you just you can just go now, yeah, <laughs> leave, <laughs> get out of this. House. He rolls up a German, doesn't he? You yeah, know? but he's also like meant to be like a close family friend. Um, that's mainly all you really get from him until we find out later that he's dead. <laughs> he's dead, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so the, that the pissing scene yeah. is a, is obviously a clown because it's 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 a weird one to say, but like in the middle of like a big social event, like take you know her just coming down and then obviously they assume it's just because she's ill, but the reaction yeah. of everyone in the middle of them playing. Whatever they're playing, it's not shake your ass. It's not shake your ass. <laughs> um, whatever they're singing along to, like Chris McNeil's getting to like show off a bit that she's like, I'm an actress, I, I can sing. I, of course I can. I'm, an actor. Of course um, I can. I'm not insufferable at all. And know? then it's like her daughter's there and she's like, you need to go back to bed. And then she's like, oh, I just need to piss myself. Yeah, she's, I need to piss myself in front of your friends. Um, yeah. And again, in your head, you think that that plays out longer because it does in Scary Movie where it's like two minutes of pissing yeah. yourself. But... Um, but no, it, it's really effective for the reaction because you kind of imagine like, what would that be like if you just like your child's like in the middle of that and yeah. everyone thinking, oh my God, something's really wrong with your child. But I guess because she's also in this kind of upper class kind yeah. of situation where she's got no, she's got like, it's a weird kind of part because it's like the 70s. So she's got like people of the church who are seen almost as like, Oh, you you must have honourable people at your yeah, parties. You know what I mean? Like church, not like today when it would be like stay out my house. So yeah, don't go to, yeah, don't stay out. The I have a child room. in my house. <laughs> yeah, you know like they've lost their respect over time. They at have. one point in time, the community would have been together. Like she'd have local friends, local yeah. things, and the she also had like yeah, would be like an important figure. Exactly. For like he's priest. there, and everyone's talking to him like the priest. If I go to a party and there's a priest there, I don't want to talk. <laughs> what do I talk to you about? There was a really uh, cab The Exorcist well. was great, wasn't it? Mate? Yeah, yeah, the Exorcist was bad. Did, did you see The Exorcist? You ever done an exorcism? You, you don't do exorcisms. No. Why am I talking to you? Yeah, well, that's <laughs> <what you do. laughs> um, Yeah, so it's a really uh, effective scene that kind of starts it off. And it's not like she turns... Um, she doesn't turn like, via, like violent yeah. or anything like that straight away. It is mainly just a kind of an illness that's kind of... Yeah starting to affect her she's in bed and she's not well and because um, it's not the same that's not the same time that she has the shaking bed she didn't take her upstairs that same night to the shaking no, bed no but I think the shaking over day after. she's ill in bed yeah. for like several days yeah. and um, and her, her nanny or whatever she has made yeah. um, is like says to her about not being well so again like there is a little bit of like even though it's happening she's not the mother that's like constantly by her bedside she's yeah. off doing other things at the same time um, it's not until it really starts to like become like 
that bed shaking scene is the one that seems to kick her into action yeah. of like this is not normal well she goes into hospital and she has those really uncomfortable looking tests yeah there. that's one thing that does add a, la- a definite layer I think is just the fact that it's like a child that's that you're having to watch go through all of these very that, painful looking procedures man. yeah and it's and again it's kind of the days before they had like a million hospital dramas where you'd see like sh- like every yeah. other week there'd be like a kid on the show who's getting these kind of procedures like yeah. nowadays you know I mean if you watch any hospital based drama or things like that then you tend to see this kind of thing quite a lot but back then it would have been you know it was mainly like What's the one with like Dick Dan- Dick Van Dyke? No, that's even nineties. That's even after that. Yeah. You know, they would mainly be quite like light-hearted hospital dramas. Real bawdy. Like, we're, yeah, <laughs> like uh, how are you doing today? We're we're doctors. We are respected people in the community. We're having fancy dinners. We oh, there's not much actually hospital stuff in here. No, because we don't want to show you that. That's far no. too. <laughs> Instead, it'll be it's that's just not like classy. Bawdy. It's just bawdy humour. Yeah, or, exactly. That's know. what I mean. Like uh, from all the ones that I can remember, like from the early kind of time TV shows even through to like the 80s and 90s like with like the there was one like Dick Van Dyke where he was like solving murders while being a doctor kind of, of thing like you know what I mean like that kind of like <laughs> uh, I can't remember what the hell that one's called now it's on my head but um but no but nowadays it's more comp but I think at that point the idea of seeing a child who's getting you know needles stuck inside of her being yeah. held down and she's screaming and yeah um, and this is the point where like where we were kind of started to raise uh go to to believer it did push the boat a little bit more with what she was saying you know like yeah and especially as she becomes fully possessed she's saying a lot more worse stuff like she's call she's calling you know one of the fathers a faggot yes yeah. like you know she says all like fuck cunt yeah you know, shit i'm just gonna <laughs> yeah the rest of the podcast will now be me swearing it will never be swearing <laughs> and, and say homophobic it's literally slurs. like a like yeah. on like South Park or so, you know, like, or yeah. South Park the movie when he's just trying to say as many bad words as they're like, yeah, donkey, cock, ball, shit, mouth, motherfucking, yeah, <laughs> and it's just that kind of. But uh, this was the stuff. this was the set, this, and this is what I was like. The the creepy stuff is one thing, but it's definitely it's that stuff that is shocking. The hospital yeah. stuff, the swearing, the child that's doing things that they shouldn't be doing as a child. Yeah, that's what makes this film kind of shocking. In the kind of like even today, that still is. Yeah, that's what made it a big impact back then. I don't think it was the horror aspects because there were many other horrors around the same time. Yeah. that were just as equally as scary, but they didn't push the boundaries like this no. one did. Um, and I think. There is one kind of go to one bit that I do love is when uh, we we kind of find out and the, and this is where the kind of the detective starts to come in, but we find a scene where um, you know like Regan's fast asleep, her you know her windows open, and somebody says like oh she only had like the father come and visit her, but you know he was only here for ten minutes and now he's gone. Yeah, and then we find out that you know the father was found dead at the bottom of the steps. Yeah, His that neck was, was that twisted was, back. That was Denning. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, and the you know uh, sacrament at the church where it was like defiled, and you start thinking like, okay, this is yeah. you know Regan slipped out, aren't she? Yeah, because I like I knew that obviously this is because at the end with Father Karras yeah. but I knew that someone had so I remember when I was watching it going have I missed something here or did I watch the director's cut or something because I thought I'd seen like Father Denning die Yeah. Um, so I thought I was like oh I remember someone like going down the stairs and said, but 
it's because of the end of the film. But at that point, I was like, oh, so we don't see it. Yeah. And again, like, again, we don't see a lot of death in this film. No. It isn't until the end. The end, yeah. Um, that we do get to see, like, made, when it does really amp up the violence. It, it, all of that build-up, which is what makes it, and like we said with Believer, actually, is that what we thought made it actually sometimes more uh, effective is the fact that it doesn't waste because if you're already seen several people have these things happen yeah. to them the effect at the end would not feel so built up so apt no, of course. to suddenly feel that like violence um, and, and that is as you said the first thing I think that kind of really makes her think wait something's wrong here and she's already had little signs and, yeah um, but I don't think is it, is it following this when she has the, the when she actually physically sees the bed shaking is that not why she no that, this that, this scene's after is it after yeah because you have oh, the bed scene. shaking is when she goes into hospital yeah. isn't it? she sees the bed shaking she thinks it's really then, wrong then they admit her and then they're like just give her this stuff to knock her out and keep her in bed yeah. because her personality's changed and then father Denning is, is killed and we get the uh, introduction of the subplot about the detective investigating yeah. and I, because I forgot that we do there is actually some there is a kill before the end even though we don't see it we do know that Regan killed someone um, I forgot about the you know detective subplot and he, I even forgot that he's in the end you know and he comes and he sees the he sees the chaos after. Yeah. I completely forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I mean, he's not in a huge amount of it. He's only in a few scenes, isn't he? Yeah. Kind of scattered across the film, so he's not like a major part of it. But yeah, like I did forget that there is that kind. Of, there is a slight kind of detective yeah. procedural part to it. One thing I was going to mention, which is um, because um, just before we move completely away from the hospital kind of scene, yeah, um, is one of the many things that surround this film so this film is quite known for its curses yes. like the omen is kind yeah. of known for like bad things that happen so for instance like um burke denning yeah um the actor who played him died before the film was released and a lot Ooh. of people were like oh and he and in the in the film he's kind of got an alcoholic part to him but he's got like a bad like um they say he's not well yeah. in the film. They say he's got something long and he's got like a bad cough and a chest thing. And yeah. the actor then, although they said before he filmed it, the actor was perfectly fine. Uh, before the film was released, he died of influenza relating to chest-based problems. Related to the film and all those kind of curses. But one of the other major ones, and the one I found most interesting that I found out, is there is an actual serial killer in this film. A real life serial killer okay. is in this film in the hospital scene. Yeah. So um, his name is Paul Bateson. Um, okay. He plays one of the doctors when she first comes in and they're holding her down. Yeah. And they have to insert the. Um, so he was a uh, an actual kind of doctor. Yeah. Um, who did uh, I think angiograms, which is part of like where they put cafters and stuff like that inside of your body. Bobbing, so he's yeah. the one that's like inserting things. In- <laughs> to her, yeah, uh, but yeah, um, he's not the doctor with the, the the glasses. He, I will show you a picture. But uh, so, so the real serial killer that's in there, yeah. we'll post it on Instagram or something. And people he don't was know an about So he was an actual. So, so he was a doctor. Um, the only reason he got cast in the film is because uh, William Fredrickson um, went round and did the director of the film um, yeah. went round and actually like asked to see actual medical procedures okay. to make to make those feel so real yeah. to say like how harsh and realistic it is in a hospital 
and he actually asked to film at one of the hospitals and he got given yeah. permission and several of the doctors actually said oh like we're happy to actually take part in the scene to make it as realistic as possible yeah and he was one of them okay. um so uh he was known so um Four years after The Exorcist was released, Paul Bateson, um, who lived in New York, um, yeah. lost his job due to alcoholism okay. um, at the hospital, at the university hospital. Um, but he was also known for being part of Manhattan's club scene. Um, he, yeah. was, he was homosexual. Homosexual. And um, at a time when, obviously, like a lot of the were quite... There's a lot of murders based on kind of uh, pent-up aggression of what they kind of call of some things, you know, yeah. like psychopathic but they also say because people were like you can't be that and you should yeah. be like that and uh, part of that club scene and he befriended uh, Addison Verrill a reporter from Variety okay. magazine um, who was found dead in his apartment on September 14th 1977 thought by police to be the result of a break-in or robbery but later found uh, about a year later that it was actually Bateson who had murdered him um, but the reason I say serial killer because although they didn't have the proof to put him to it yeah. a whole range of string of murders based from that same club that same area yeah. started to have little links to Bateson um, and then he, the only reason he was caught was because someone confessed to kind of seeing Bateson with Addison Verrill yeah. for the murder and then they did so tests and drug tests things like that and they found a link between the night that he was there the night and who he had left with was Bateson um, but then they started to string murders but they didn't have enough proof to put the other murders onto him Yeah, where they'd found basically the same club left with the same person never seen again but they didn't have enough proof but they they had proof with Beryl because it had been more close to the time that yeah. they found some evidence in his apartment to link him back to it so there's a it's one of those things with a curse but it's always a bit more odd when you're like there was a literal kind of serial killer in that scene who may have already been a serial killer at yeah. the time when he filmed it. So it's one of those extra parts they add into the curse of The Exorcist. But it's an interesting... There's way more on it. I kind of glossed over that quickly, yeah. but um, I mean, there's that's... way more to it. And yeah, go and read up on Paul Bates. <laughs> and, well, that's much more interesting than my fact that I teased. <laughs> I apologise. <laughs> yeah, well, there you, is a... I, I, I'm just you, shit on your factoid. You so shit don't. on my factoid, which was that... Uh, Yours might be more fun than a serial killer, but then again, murder, so, you know. I mean, it's more fun to like, a very set. That makes me know. think about... So, you might notice that a few of our episodes now might have unusual titles where they're overly long. Um, like, uh, this one will probably be, like possessed masturbating girl yeah serial killer you know uh, priest what? banging so yeah uh, everything we could get uh, uh, that was only uh, and that's the odd way that we have uh, we have no self control and we realise that when some of our titles are longer for some reason more people seem to be able to find our show yeah so uh, we're trying something out with uh, longer titles and if it continues to work then we'll just keep doing weird ass titles but now the whole episode I keep thinking about what will be the what? extra words I can add on to the end of this and now I've got words like <laughs> serial killer so, yeah, which serial you know killer. everyone loves a serial killer nowadays yeah. <laughs> and as we were saying last night you know we will proudly be demonstrating that we were once the number one podcast 
in uh, Japan. filming histories in Japan and yeah. Algeria. All of our episodes now will just end with every ta- every, <laughs> every name country. of every country <laughs> yeah. in the world. We will name every country in it or every continent in the end of our episodes so, until people like find us. Yeah. So yeah, at, at the end, of, no matter if it links or not, it will just say Japan, Algeria, Russia. <laughs> every country exists. <laughs> Asia, well, everyone. <laughs> well, my uh, well, my little fun factoid is that Jason Miller, who obviously played. Uh, Damien Karras, uh, his hometown was Scranton, Pennsylvania, where The Office takes place. So if you're a fan of The Office, then <laughs> there you go. Let us know which factoid you preferred. The really boring and uninteresting that there's a serial killer potentially in it, or the riveting, highly worth information that he is from The link Scranton. that he is from Scranton. <laughs> from Scranton. I know which I prefer. Um, I would say that the, this, going back to The Exorcist after a little tangent... The, the all related all, all related yeah the part that really went for, for me went from like okay this is a bit slower they've you know they've set the stage they've introduced all the players this is when the shit has hit the fan and it started to get real creepy for me was the scene where regan kind of continues to uh just you know fucking Worse, deteriorate. deteriorate. Yeah. That's what I was, <laughs> I was going to say. Disintegrate. But it doesn't work. Deteriorate. Um, and then her mother goes to see her, and she's you know masturbating with the cross. Should we say it's real bloody? She yeah. then fights her mum. Says the sow is mine. Like backhands <laughs> her, and then the door slams. We get like the 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 head turning. You know, slightly not doing the full three sixty, but doing like the one eighty. And that's when we start to get like, if for me that was like when the intensity of the film, bang, started yeah. to kick up. It we does had, properly yeah. like push beyond there. Uh, there was a there was a part of me when my I don't know why in that uh, head turning scene when I just kept I, I kept thinking in my head I was like he's pos- they've possessed your body but at the same time <laughs> it's in the new one but I was like at the same time afterwards you return to being your normal self so really as soon as they return they should just be like dead anyway because yeah. it's like remember the part <laughs> when they broke your spine yeah <laughs> they literally disintegrated it by twisting your head around and around and around that happened to your actual body so you should just die now yeah well <laughs> you should just be dead and yes i know supernatural we're supernatural. not taking it seriously but there was that part of my brain that was like yeah most of these things i mean i don't know what a mess is going to be down there <laughs> but also yeah. at the same time your brain but after it, it seemed like she just kind of there is that kind of part of you where after they always just seem to they've got a couple of bumps and bruises but there's no like reflection on the fact that it's like like your vagina is destroyed yeah (laughs) your neck is fucking literally there's no there's no tendons left (laughs) your head should just even if you are alive you should be completely paralyzed your head should just like flop backwards yeah (laughs) the second the demon's gone it's like the demon stroke is gone now my head must go yeah, <laughs> um, uh, that that's looking at it from a realistic perspective, oh, not a supernatural perspective. But um, I mean, those scenes are just like I, even the blood with the thing. Like I remember the masturbation scene, and yeah, I didn't remember the amount of blood that's kind it's of so, like spurting at the yeah, same time, it's and very splattering everywhere. Very full on, isn't it? It is very visceral. It's very. Uh, these are the kind of ones that definitely the new one kind of didn't push enough with these kind of scenes yeah because it's 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 both it's uncomfortable because of the face subject matter and then it's kind of grim and it's one of those things where you're like it leaves so much the imagination her bedroom also the way it's shot 
for all of the scenes in there are just so perfectly lit yeah. that it the the room itself has an intensity to yeah. it. The room itself has a kind of it's it's dark with that slight kind of light shining through. And yeah, the whole room just there's something that just feels like so like and again there isn't a huge amount of sound used in there because no. it kind of is from yeah. the creak the creaking of the door as it opens up and the what the fuck are you doing and yeah. The, Letting it kind of play, letting it kind of breathe. That oh my god, like what the fuck is this girl doing to herself? Yeah. Um, and the way then again, but I think even with those scenes, I think it is again still. It's still the way that she then talks to her mother. Yeah. That is what adds the kind of uncomfortable shockingness to it. That the the child is saying these like disgusting things to her yeah. mother about what she's like doing to herself or oh about and she how... said puts her fucking mum's head down there doesn't oh, she oh yeah she does lit, oh, I forgot lit, that yeah, oh. that's Bark what it. I mean how fucking like that Bark it's literally the stuff that I did wonder with like I said about insensitivity whether that affects how we can do them to this day because yeah. people are just too like oh you can't have you can't have a parent do that to their child in a modern no. day film but you know that's kind of the level that in some ways you need to push it to but they don't they don't take it too far with like because, like I said, these are like these are quite like spread out. Yeah, they're across the third act, obviously, but they're quite spread out. Like even even as we start to get the priest and stuff like that, you forget that there's like this, and then it kind of goes back to like the characters for a while. Yeah, it doesn't go like this. Then the priests arrive, and then it, you yeah. know, and then it's time to get your your you know proton guns out and just start blasting the bitch yeah. like Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's um, it, it, there are lots of scenes, and even in the exorcism, there's like breaks. Yeah. They don't just do it, and it's not just like we get it out in one go. They have to keep breaking because of to give it's that feeling intense. of how intense it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've had in this time, obviously, we've had the build up with Karis and his mother's past. His mother's kind of got to the point of dementia. His mother's then he's found out she's like she passed died. away. Yeah. And um, he wasn't and there. And he's been consoled by another like a, a father. And yeah. And it's he weird. does say he's at the point of brink of like. I'm done with this now. Yeah, like, and she lives in like an absolute shithole, for lack of a better word. Yeah, you know? and it's it's that kind of guilt that he that that Father Karras has that like because he was like he, away, wasn't he's he? He's away, came back, but he's like, but even then, he's like, I can't really like provide for my mum. She won't. She's a proud woman, so she like won't let him put her. Anywhere. But even in his apartment, because you see his apartment, yeah. and he's just lives in like one tiny little well, yeah, room he that looks in. pretty shit too. And it's the, it's what, there's that contrast yeah. between him and Chris McNeil almost because they're the two main characters that you actually follow. Regan, yes, but Regan is actually kind of a side character because we don't specifically focus on not Regan herself. Well, they <laughs> like they have parts, but I wouldn't say that. I'd say you mainly have Karis and Chris McNeil are the main two that you are kind of going yeah. back and forth between with occasional bits with the detective and Regan kind yeah. of thing. Well, this is something... You might have to tell me this. This might have gone over my head. Um, but what did Regan... Why did Regan get possessed? Because there is a bit where... Obviously, she, she did the Ouija board. But there's a couple of things where she's getting possessed and they are... And Father Karras is, you know, he's starting his investigation into yeah. is this a possession and she he said about her her mum and he's like well your mum you know Regan's mum knew that her father his mother had died and he was feeling guilty about it and stuff like that so maybe he heard from her yeah. he's like recording her he's talking to her and Pazuzu the or the possessed Regan says like do you know what she did 
do you know why I have her? Yeah. And he hints at like her doing something other than a, like a Ouija board, like half making a deal or yeah. something. I don't know. And I, it might have gone I, I over feel, my head. Or maybe I, I misinterpreted I, I, well, it. Well, that's that was kind of what I was saying before is I don't think there is a concrete... That's what I think kind of makes it interesting. I don't think there is a concrete reason given. The Ouija yeah. board is the access. Yeah. But I think the implication of what she did, I think, is more of a talk about... I think that's either linking to Regan or her mother. Yeah. And linking to why she was focused in on because... Yeah. But I don't specifically remember them explaining exactly why... Um, exactly why it is Regan that he has like she's allowed access to get that yeah but when it said that line i didn't know whether that was about regan or whether that's about the mother and what the mother actually did yeah and that there's something more to the mother but i don't specifically remember a scene where it says anything about what the mum did like like in the yeah. new one like in believer it it has a line like that like what what yeah. he did and then it's the father because the father chose the daughter over i don't remember a scene like that about chris mcneil though no, so I, so I, because I thought it was something that the mother did. Yeah, that was more of a relation to why all of this kind of occurred. Yeah, um, but I can't remember a part no. that it specifically explains it. No, I mean I think I thought, so. I just thought it was kind of left, kind of open that there are several links, like several little like teases. Yeah, but you're never specifically given why. But I do think the Ouija board is the way he was able to access. Oh yeah, it. I think we know that. My only thing is that maybe they did it because it's like, it's the most innocent that you can have you know it's like a mm. young girl you know if you're looking at christianity that's like probably the most innocent thing you could get yeah like the young virgin yeah the young virgin so yeah. like possessing her but it's it's just that like that specific line where he's like do you know what she did mm. and it's kind of it made it sound like she made a deal or she did something and i was like oh maybe like yeah. Maybe maybe we've got a little bit of like Rosemary's baby here. Maybe she made contact with it and was like, oh, I want my mum to be successful, you know? That's why I thought it might have been Chris McNeil and I fit, I was wondering whether Chris McNeil, in order to become the celebrity, the person she is, she's done something yeah. bad, like like the implication um, that the mother has not always been such a good kind of, she's done things that she regrets she's not going to get Christian. where she is. Yeah. Um, or, you know, she's done those things like taking out someone like ruining someone else in order to become where she is or yeah blowing every producer in hollywood i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it was it was new york in the 70s you know? um but yeah um no it, it's a hard one to know um but i do think there is that um contrast between caris and mcneil yeah where you've got this woman who's well off got the stuff to be like oh my daughter's ill here's some money thrown at it. Can you do this? Can you do this? Even when she's going to the priest and be like, I need, like, yeah, I should get this kind of thing. There's almost a little bit of a, you know, if anyone just walks up and be like, you need to do an exorcism, but there's a little bit with her. That's a little bit like, I, I should, you know, I'm a person people know, things like that. You yeah. like, there's a, she's not saying it like that, but there's a little bit of a privilege where she thinks that she can just go up to people and she'll get it. When she goes to the hospital, she'll just get, what she wants for her daughter kind of thing i guess that's and then on the but on the opposite of that the priest kind of lives a very humble small life and his mother doesn't really get any help and when his mother does get put into like a not great kind of care facility kind of thing and then she doesn't last very long um there's that kind of contrast between like the help that one side gets to the other and yeah 
Or even the even the Fair other enough, priests, that, you know? even the other priests that you see that seem to be much more like their local priests. They're they're like lauded upon and they're like looked at really like because. But you get a little bit of a like a fraud kind of like a with the I can't remember what the priest. There's a priest there specifically that is very kind of lauded by there's everyone couple, at the party. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. There's a couple of them there, and they're all like more the local kind of the men of the local churches and yeah. the kind of the higher ups kind of thing. And then you've got Karras who's seen as someone who's much more of kind of the, well, like you said, the, the person that's more there to deal with the people, not just the person yeah. to give out the vague, but well, they, say they seem the very well off and he they? seems like he's in a very kind of dark place. And he is because maybe as the psychologist, he leans too much into like that psychological yeah. part of it or he's questioning everything more than they do. Maybe. Um, but they, it's just the fact that you've got these guys that seem to be like loving being at the parties and stuff like that. And then Karis is seen as a bit of the odd one. Even when he goes before the council of them about the exorcism, he's seen like he sometimes feels a bit like all of the other priests, which is it's an odd scene when you've got all of those like priests and they're talking about, ah, oh, we don't, you know, that's not a practice that we do. And, yeah. you know, you need to stay within your lane and you need to make sure you stay within, you know, within medical reasoning. But then he's like, but we are meant to be of faith and things like that. And it's interesting because they do mention, and I found this this particularly, particular part interesting, where they were talking about a exorcism and possession as like a phenomenon that's happened for thousands of years they're like this is yeah. something that that we found in cultures going back you know thousands of years back to like you know cavemen or mm. stuff like that and the and they and the doctors basically say uh, an exorcism effectively like she has she's done this ouija board and she's kind of got this overwhelming feeling of guilt or something yeah. that's manifested itself as like a voice and has basically taken over her consciousness it's almost like yeah. but like kind of split personality yeah. it's like it's thing of belief and that okay well if you have an exorcism because if she if she willed it into existence if she believes it yeah yeah the power of belief they say don't they you know um and it's it, it's really interesting that the they, that the doctors are like yeah just fucking give her an exorcism it's not gonna it's not gonna do any harm from a psychological, from a psychological standpoint, standpoint. And that's the way that Karis is actually he's not necessarily looking at even so even he's a little bit drawing because of it being because a, it's lost faith for medical well. but also that but the more he sees of Regan the more you see his faith kind of return in a kind of there's no medical way to explain the shit that I'm seeing right now. Like yeah. her kind of almost floating off of the bed and stuff. There's no medical like no. that she's managed to just manifest that in her personality. Yeah. Um, but no, it like it, it, it is interesting the way that he is affected by it. it. It the character's story does, I think, make one of the most interesting parts of the film. Yeah, because we get to see that kind of progression from a man kind of broken. Um, but it, it's just interesting. I, I was trying to like look at the characters from a kind of like how they kind of play off of each other. Yeah. And he just he just he just feels a bit like a, a kind of a shit on kind of like in comparison to the rest of them. Yeah, he does. And he and he even says that you know we haven't done an exorcism actually like that that's been gone since like the 1600s or something. Like yeah, that. You they know do I mean? say it's something that they rarely do. Although yeah. they 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 say that Merrin has performed one before. That's what I mean. So it, like yeah, it's a bit of contradiction going on because different characters are saying different things about like yeah. But that's I think they mean like I think he says since the 1600s, but. I think he means maybe that's a practice that would have been back then. Like that's like more common, maybe. You know, that's ancient. Yeah. That's not something we do anymore because 
there's been no evidence that we'd need to do it. Yeah. Um, whereas Merrin, obviously, from out in the middle that he finds in, who's off in the middle of wherever, I can't remember where. Yeah, I'm sure it's Iraq. Well, out in the middle of uh, Iraq. Yeah. And he is, um, you know, finding demons and kicking ass. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, he knows that he's not got the power. So Merrin obviously comes into it because he hasn't got the expertise to do this. Yeah. Um, and he's not, go- he's not allowed to do it. Again, that's a common theme that Fred's, isn't it? That he's yeah. not actually meant to do it, but he finds... He researches and finds someone who knows Merrin and uh, like finds that link to get him to yeah. come over because there's that whole scene of like the priest running through the forest, yeah, <laughs> and running up to Merrin and then there's like again that kind of slow like oh, thinking, do I go? Yeah, <laughs> and then stairs. and then here he is and yeah, and um, I mean it's I think, a great shot when he's outside of the house. You know, I mean it's it's I can't it's possibly one of them. Like I'm trying to think of what are the most iconic shots in horror in that poster. That it's look just one, is just you know, I don't you know. There are there aren't many shots I can think of that probably are better than that one. It's this, you know. Yeah. It, it was my worry with the new one that they were going to try and recreate it in a really obvious way. Yeah. And be like, ah, oh, no, don't do that. It's really. It's, I'm really yeah. glad they did. I think there's a piece with like the police coming out where the lady goes at the door and it kind of shines around her with a police yeah. light, which is kind of a a wink to it, but not in the same way of like having the priest come out of his car like in the new one and then like yeah. walking up and being like, ah, oh, this street lamp is suddenly shining yeah. on me. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Like, it's iconic. Be- and not just because of the lights, the window that's like yeah. kind of a creepy atmosphere and when you look at the picture in the window and also just the costume. The, the, the way it's he's dressed. Amazing. The fog. Yeah. It, everything. It, it's, it's, it's one of the most perfect shots in cinema. Yeah. Horror, not even just horror. In cinema in general, I think it's one of the best shots that's ever been done we do it, it, there is the the one thing and the music rises as music well at that does. point <laughs> the, actually I don't the version I had there wasn't any music during that part oh is there not I really shot there wasn't any tubular bells it might not be yeah I might just be adding it in in my Maybe, head I think the exodus and I hear that I could just be adding it in because uh, I think yeah. actually you're right no I think I remember thinking I thought oh this is when this is when the tubular this bells kick in Maybe it's actually, the trailer. Like, yeah, like, I think maybe it's something like that. Yeah, no, you're so right. I've definitely I, seen that. No, I remember thinking now, yeah. I'm, again, see, I'm just linking Exorcist in that scene. Yeah. That shot is the Exorcist. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, you know, it does, there's no possessed girl in it. That shot is the Exorcist. Yeah, it sums it up, man. But you know that, like, this is the one thing I, I, I really like about the Exorcist, but I also think it's slightly a little bit weak about the film just to throw a little jab in there. Yeah, um, it's not a completely perfect film. No, of course not. But <laughs> the opening is amazing. We see, you know, we open with Merrin and we have the uh, we have the statue of Pazuzu, we have the face-off, we have the fighting dogs. We're like, this is, you know, you know that this is a confrontation that's building. Um, and then Merrin kind of disappears. Yeah, that's And all what... you hear, you hear his name being mentioned by, uh, by Regan. Yeah. But I would have liked to have a bit more Merrin, you know? Yeah, I I think he is, he is meant to be as that big figure that comes in to, like, he's, like, bigger than he is, a kind of thing. Yeah, John yeah, Lennon. A little bit, yeah, a little bit more, apart from, yeah, that opening, and then it is just at the end, isn't it? It's just the third yeah. act that he comes in. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I there's I not much to, development no. on him, no, you're right. Like, I would have liked to have seen him maybe in, you know, Iraq researching Pazuzu. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit more, yeah, a little bit more build up with that, like how or what can I do or what can I take yeah. or um, 
how am I going to do this? You know, if like the Rocky theme tune kicks in. Yeah, he's, he's got training. He's reading. <laughs> <laughs> he's training for Pazuzu. He's like, he's like outside. He's next to that statue, just like boxing. Yeah, and then he's. <laughs> I'm like, going to get you, Pazuzu. I'm coming for you. He's at the top of the Iraq mountains. And he just shouts, Pazuzu, <laughs> while lifting his arms in the air. And then the next bit is that is the silent shot of him outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Apollo greets there. No. It's, it's not that this film you know we have said about that I think the character building is what adds and makes those like that final towards the end of the second act into the third act when yeah. Regan gets really full on really kind of shocking in her language and stuff it's kind of what helps it feel more true and every, the jabs she makes towards the characters feel more effective and that's something again like the new one had that character yeah. stuff but sometimes it didn't feel as connected because you know we didn't really know some of the characters so you know like diddler priest yeah diddler priest. she made a jab towards him and it was like yeah but we don't really know you if she know called you. you a diddler then i'd agree because you yeah. look like a diddler. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're a but, diddler you know priest. what i mean but um and, and and as i said but that's not to say that necessarily there isn't a little bit of like you know like the cops there but he's not really like he's in a few scenes yeah he doesn't really feel like he feel it kind of feels like an ineffective cop yeah you know it's not really and all the questions you're asking and it never really feels. I know. I know it's there to say that someone is on this investigation, mainly yeah. because of the death of Burke Jack Denning, but um, right. it's kind of a little bit like you know. It doesn't feel. A, you get a shot of him at the end, but it doesn't feel like there's no. much to that. Um, you know, to to talk a little bit about some of the negatives. Uh, so there is a little bit of fat in there that could definitely be kind of yeah. could have been excised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, like we said, um, you know, and. Because thinking about like the legacy and her coming back, and when we talked about Believer, we said that Chris McNeil, although she has some cool lines or some cool parts, her scene could have been completely removed. Yeah, and I think watching this original confirms even more in my mind that Chris McNeil's character, she's not Laurie Strode. No, she's not the mate. You know what I mean? Um, if anything, Regan is the bet. You know, the one that's been through it. Yeah, internalizes it. Would have been the more interesting character to get an internalized voice. Yeah. Because you never really get to hear Regan talk about what actually happened. You might in The Heretic, but you know most people forget that even that. happens. Um, but she never gets to internalise that kind of thing. Whereas Chris McNeil isn't exactly the most warm or character that you kind of no. draw to. She's kind of the mother on the sidelines. And even as she said in the new one, she was never actually in the room. And you know, that's you weren't in the room when it happened. Maybe. Well, yeah, <laughs> and that was a line that did stick out to me in Believer that we I think we didn't comment on at the time, but when she was like. Yeah, I I wasn't, I didn't take part in the Exorcist because of the patriarchy or something like that. It makes total sense in, uh, I mean, that she's not in the room in the actual, yeah, in the original. This makes total sense that she's not because it's like what you've got what nothing you to do. Add here. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it, it but it only adds to the sense that like you're not really the, you're the character that saw your daughter go through some, some things. Yes, you researched and things yeah. like that in the years that followed in the new one, obviously. But, um, you know, it's not something that's like, I didn't end that film and I was like, what does Chris McNeil do now? A little bit more, what does what did Regan do next? Maybe, because I'm wondering what a girl does once she's been through that trauma kind of thing. Yeah. Which, again, the sequels did try to touch on that, just not very well. Yeah, I, 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 I might watch them eventually, but I don't know. Um, I'd check them out just for the, you know, as I said, um, to mention it. The Heretic um, I is a weird fucking ass film. Um, I know people, like, hate it. But when a film goes real weird with it, I kind of 
find more interest in that than a yeah. film that goes straight. Whereas Exorcist Three, which people love, as I've said, I think I've said before, they go so straight with it. It's like a crime procedural. It, to me, it felt like a TV crime procedural. Where yeah, I'm going to be saying you didn't really like it. Um, and although it has some kind of cool scenes and has an almost iconic jump scare that yeah. you've probably seen, yeah, or something, seen that. you know. Cool. Which doesn't work as well when suddenly you've seen it out of context. Um, You know, those kind of things. But apart from those kind of bits, I found that one majorly boring. And then, what else did we get? We got the other ones, the beginner and stuff like that. Yeah. I just remember not being that good even when I watched it when I was like 10 years old. I was like, this is shit. I'm not going to watch it. (laughs) Being honest. Um, I'm not going to watch it. But yeah, those ones. So, you know, they've not had a great track record in terms of that or following up on this original story, which again, doesn't necessarily, this film could have been fine as just as it was. Well, it's very contained. You know, like it doesn't need a whole bunch of stuff. I... And I think for the most part, it's paced quite well. I'm yeah. always surprised that it's like an hour and 50 minutes, you know? Yeah, I, I think when I watched it, like this is again, because I'd heard people saying slow and I hadn't watched it in so long. Yeah. I was expecting possibly to be even slower. But for me, this is like slow build, but a good kind of suspenseful slow build, character yeah. build. This for me is like, well, I compared it because I compared some of the shots that I felt actually looked very similar to Halloween. Yeah. To John Carpenter, you know. Um, you know, they're they're slow building. You're kind of getting to know the characters. No, yeah. nothing majorly like scary happens for a portion of the film. Yeah, but to me, it's that kind of good like like building of the character, building yeah. of the setting everything into place, so that then it can get real hyped up in the last yeah. third act. Yeah, and that's the same here. I think they've got a kind of a similar kind of tonality to it that they both have that kind of slow build but not in like a really boring like in my, in my comparison I'd say to something that's a similar film that I found quite boring and felt didn't really go anywhere was Rosemary's Baby oh very interesting so it's not one of my favourites when I've watched it it's I find that is quite a slow slog characters not really likeable characters doesn't yeah. feel like it goes and then the third act doesn't feel like that hyped up whereas this one at least builds to something that's you know, effective and interesting and shocking. Yeah. Whereas, yes, that one has shocking parts, but it's not enough to build. Like, it didn't feel like enough to be like, oh, that was a that was a great movie kind of thing. Yeah, fair enough. Plus, Roman Polanski's a diddler. Yeah, I mean, I I really like the film. Absolutely love the book. But yeah, Roman. If we see Roman Polanski, we do we get the three D on it. You know, he's banned from the podcast, um, like many many countries. Yeah, many countries. We we will not sign Let, the petition. Let's go to the exorcism. Let's yeah. get into this the meaty bit because we we've talked for a while skating around. We the have we have skated around the exorcism uh, because again we're not like we can't like yes all of that stuff but. At the end of the day, this is the part that you all remember. And this is the part that stands out probably the yeah. most, you know. And it's weird because it it's not it doesn't feel like it's very long. It must no, it only doesn't. be twenty five minutes, twenty minutes maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. At most, it's like the, yeah, the last half an hour. Or so yeah, at most. Um, but obviously, so we've talked. Merrin is at the door and in. Um, but yeah, after that, like we said, like this is when Chris McNeil pretty much is just occasionally shots of her reacting. But yeah. that's pretty much it for now for her. Yeah, she kind of gets sidelined. Apart I love from when that... she talks to them outside of their when they have breaks. Yeah, but, uh, sorry, you love. <laughs> well, I love that as soon as he Mary gets into the house, uh, Regan starts screaming. You know, Mary, Mary. Yeah. You know, it's class, and that's why I was hoping we would have had a little bit more of him. Yeah, because yeah, it yeah. just it's they. It makes it sound like there is, and the setup is that there is this epic confrontation between Merrin 
and uh, you know and Pazuzu, but it feels very much like Damien Karras is the more focal character, and his loss of faith and guilt over his mum is I, much bigger. I, I think you know? so. I think I think it's because he's the he's the more like down to earth kind of close to home kind of Maybe. more real whereas Merrin is almost like bigger than now figure you know he's what like I mean? Indiana Jones isn't yeah he, he's <laughs> like this he's like this character that's kind of built up and it's one of those battles it's hard to say because in one way I want to know more about what he did but it could also be a counter the more you know about him the more you might be like oh, takes it gets rid of the mission yeah it yeah. kind of takes away I could see because I think part of that like that shot when he comes to the house, is yeah. the fact that here is this like Here's the mythical. Man. He's like the savior figure kind of thing. He's here to to kind of save it. And which Daddy's is, home, which is kind of what plays so nicely into actually how it goes down, because yeah. that's kind of what he's built as. He's built as like here is the big daddy, and although he does some effective things, he ultimately fails. <laughs> yeah, and you know what I mean. So that's it. Like he is this big daddy that we built up, but I think maybe that's why he is built as such this big mystery character and why. They cast an actor who was a fairly well-known character compared yeah. to the rest of the cast because it's like here it is, in he comes, boys. He's gonna he's gonna knock Regan out. Yeah, he's just gonna he's going like ten well, rounds. Yeah, he's just gonna batter. Her. <laughs> he's gonna just batter the shit out of her. <laughs> but um, to be fair, when he gets in, and again, he's pretty much all he's all business when he gets in. Yeah, he, he, he is. is like, where is it? I can hear her. He goes straight towards her to into the room, and there she is, like sat now. Face is like completely is like the classic guy, shot. She's proper yeah. like looking at him and uh, you know like like screaming like you said Merrin and just you know sticking her tongue out and screaming yeah. at him and like what are you gonna do and then obviously he comes straight out with crucifixes and things like that and she starts screaming even more yeah which is awesome um, but yeah he does talk obviously to Karis actually before they step into the room to kind of be like here's the game plan basically we're just gonna go out we're gonna yeah. keep going keep going. Keep, it sounds like it sounds like porn or something. It does, like that. It? You just gotta keep going at her and going keep at going, her baby. until. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I mean, this is a hard. Weirdly, actually, I'm finding this a hard scene to describe because it plays out in such an action way that it sounds like I'm just, you know, talking about yeah. the scenes, and I feel like you you know the impact of these like scenes when you've got. You know, when you've got all of these bits like the body shaking, her body thrusting on the bed, like her yeah. head starting to She's turn like or twist or convulsing, throw, the vomiting. Up. Oh, we're still across. looks fogging to this day. Yeah, that's know. that's over Karis, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He does it earlier in the film, but then yeah. she's also like when he's spraying her with like holy water. Yeah, she's like lying on the side and it's like dribbling out of her mouth and it's so gross. I mean, it's been said it's been said before, but um, yeah, the the performance with Regan is for a child to be doing oh. those kind of parts and stuff like that because you know, it's very full on. Do, you know yeah. what I mean? Like they could have had someone else completely under their makeup and doing all of that stuff. Yeah, but the fact that Linda Blair is the one kind of as a child doing a lot of yeah. things. You know, and it's it's re- obviously the voices and stuff like that is someone else dubbing over at times. You know, they've yeah. done her voice, but then they've mixed it in with a with a creepier voice to add yeah. into it, kind of thing. But it's just it's such a full on. Like you, you imagine what it was like, and, and I haven't heard necessarily bad things about that part of it. That she oh. was like quite looked after and stuff. I, I think thought, she but... she nearly got really badly injured on one scene. I think. I I what well, I've heard because a lot of the the throwing around and stuff like that yeah. getting chucked around the room, and there's a bit obviously when Regan it and like the gets thrown against the wall or goes against the wall or hits yeah. against you know when they're like <laughs> do they slap her 
or something like that. At they one do, point, at one point. One of them do. breaks, don't they? Then yeah, the, yeah when they hit. Father Callis just starts clapping. I think they accidentally. I think they accidentally realised they accidentally clamped her a bit too hard. Yeah, just fucking whopped her. So what you fucking say about my mother? <laughs> yeah, man. bad. Um, but yeah, it's it is a kind of non-stop but that's why you forget when it comes to like breaks there's like two breaks that they take yeah. during it uh one obviously is the one when um uh, not not karis merrin goes to the the, the bathroom and has that whole yeah. kind of he stops and breathes in the mirror and i think there is there is flies though isn't it that is like a creepy part of it is that he I, does get a fl- I swear there's like flies in that that's that's obviously in scary movie, but I swear there is like uh, something that he's looking at in the mirror that kind of affects the it. flies. Is I'm sure I remember the flies being in the omen. Oh, okay. Yes, right? I remember. I remember that. Although I watched it, he is on the toilet and he he's got something like in his throat. But I don't. I remember the flies swarming the priest when he comes to bless the house in the Amityville horror. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe that's where they're mixing together in my head. Yeah. He just but does a I just, chest. I just, I mainly just, just remember like... him going to the bathroom and he stares into the mirror. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. And then, obviously, because there's a part, obviously, that at the same time he goes the break to do that while Karis is left. Yeah. Which is seems like a terrible choice. Yeah. But that, like, Merrin has to like leave. Like, you, you can see that Merrin is more overwhelmed than he actually expected to be. Like, he yeah. thought this was going to be more straightforward than it actually is. Like, he said, it, this is going to be. You know, we can't. We have to keep going. We have to push through. Yeah. I think he's the first one that break. Like he's the first. He's one the first one to break. I mean, clogs, isn't he? yeah, he's the first one to kind of take that break, which starts immediately show that you know this bigger than now character is maybe not as strong as we think he is. Well, I think he hides it better because because uh, oh, Karis doesn't actually, hide it. <laughs> he starts to fucking get stuck in. You know? Yeah, he's insulting. Because well, um, while so, he's out, yeah. it's like mummy's here with us. And, yeah, you know, and we talking, have your mother. Yeah, and what we're gonna do to her? She and sucks how gonna... cock in hell. Yeah, that's so good. Such a good line. Um, and then start speaking, and you can Greek. see he's affected. But again, that's good because we've built up with that character. We built to it. Yeah. So anything he says, that is a downside. Obviously, is that anything that's kind of put towards Merrin? It's like we don't really know the context of some of the stuff. Yeah, that's kind of shouted towards him that's why that stuff's a bit more vague whereas anything that's said to Karis we're like okay you can see you know it depends on how much you were interested or affected by that part yeah. of the storyline but if you can see that and you can kind of if you can emotionally relate with him as having just left, lost his mother and stuff like that yeah the idea that he knows that he's talking to what he feels is a real demon and that they're talking and know these things that no one else would know about yeah how she died and how she was left and how he didn't look after her is affecting like you can see how it literally breaks it down to the point where it's almost like going into like a fetal position kind of yeah. it's like going lower and lower and then blah oh, yeah it's so, it's so, it's real good it's really intense it is it, it's definitely it, this is part of what makes it by far probably you know my probably my favorite possession because i think this scene just is so i don't think anyone's ever matched how intense how yeah. shocking it is Lots of people have done, you know, some real interesting stuff within the genre, but I just don't think it matches the how in fucking full on this scene is. And yeah. the level that they put the girl to is why almost every other possession film, when it tries to do something about a person or a child, is just like, yeah, but you're just not pushing it as far as they did. Yeah. They did it. And if you do try to push it that far, it feels like you're just trying to rip it off. Yeah, so it's, it's a really impossible. Tricky and we said this film is like the holy grail yeah. of these kind of films, like a supernatural horror. 
This is why like everyone that comes up, it's like who are you putting it up against? You're putting it against the Exorcist. It oh, is the one, yeah. And it's why it's it's kind of like, and that's why we felt with the new one a bit unfair because it's like nothing can live up to it. No, but at least they're trying yeah. to do something. Not that they need to, but if they're going they to, then at least try. Whereas yeah. it is really hard to live up to these parts, and obviously. When Merrin does come back into the room and they start splashing the holy water and they're going through yeah. and this is when you get the proper the power of Christ compels you and and she starts screaming and rivering and there's vomit yeah. coming out of her mouth again but around her and her body's shaking convulsing she's screaming her eyes kind of change and develop yeah. colour and they're like all golden weird and she's just like crying like grabs her hair and it's just it's just a real like oh my god but then it's like a kind of like she kind of gets back up and. And it's like a what he like has like a heart attack basically doesn't he? Yeah. He just oh shit like hits against the wall and doesn't get back up. Well, it's I think the thing that because you get that amazing scene where um, I think it might I think it's around this point it might be a little before it might be a little after, but you get that amazing scene where she's almost like doing like the thriller dance. You know she's doing that really yeah, amazing yeah. pose, mm. and then behind her. You get the, you know, you get the Pazuzu statue, which peaks yeah. up a couple of times yeah, throughout the Merrin's film. From Merrin's perspective, because that's the main thing you've got with Merrin. <laughs> yeah. Is that, you know, that he, he knows, knows that bit of it. Yeah. He knows the statue, he knows of Pazuzu. The beef runs deep, you know? Yeah. And I think, I'm, I'm not sure whether that's what causes I think it is because he sees, he sees that before he dies, because yeah. he looks at it. Um, no, yeah, he got thrown a little bit before that, but he sees that and then just suddenly... He kind of freezes as if I don't know. It's like a realization, as if suddenly he's like, "I can't, I can't beat this." Yeah, and I don't know what to do with this and what and it, it, like it's like in his yeah. face, you see like a freak out, and then yeah, he's gone. Yeah, and then Farrakaris is left there, like, uh, "What the fuck do I do now?" Yeah. So the expert is gone. What do I do? Um, and then this is the the transfer of demon. Yeah. So the only way to get out of it. Um, he sees is to take it upon himself so he asked for it to come into him and leave the girl alone yeah because he'd made the promise earlier when they had when he had gone out of the room at one point when they'd both left the yeah room. that's the only that's the only other time i think during it you see chris mcneil because they have the conversation and she's like that he, she's going to die which is one of the better scenes with her because you see the true emotion that she's yeah. feeling that she's just there that she is on the sidelines and she has no power here yeah. she doesn't know she basically thinks she's just waiting for her daughter to either get better or be dead yeah, and that's where much. she is um, and he kind of makes a promise that she's not going that she won't die that she won't yeah. die um, and this is when he the realisation that he kind of almost the only way I can do this and live up to that and get this girl free is to go with her yeah is to go is to go with the demon kind of thing so and it's a real interest that when she's got her and that's when she's against any kind of... And, you know, you kind of really feel it. Like, they're throwing each other kind of back and forth yeah. as they're holding each other. Uh, and the demons just talk in, like, as if, like, that's never going to happen. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you see his eyes kind of change as yeah. it happens. And you see Regan just start to scream as Even her his face eyes changes. kind of change. His face briefly changes. Yeah, that's what I mean. He gets that. Yeah. You see it within him. Like the same kind of face that Regan just had kind of starts to appear, with, especially within his eyes. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the shock of it. If it's like, it's not only the shock that's like, oh, so this is how it does it. It's the fact that literally it goes suddenly to throw himself out the window. Yeah. And it's that sudden shock of like, I've got it in me. And what else do I do? And with that last remaining part of himself. Yeah. It's like, the only way to do this is maybe I can kill the demon with me. 
boom out the window. And yeah, and for me, it's this it's this moment of like redemption for him. Yeah, because I think by that point, the idea I of Pazuzu is to like basically get people to abandon God, right? Like, look, if if God loves you so much, why would he let this happen to someone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why would you not be able to do anything? But I think in that moment, he's like, I I, I think his faith comes back because he's like, I, I have the power to do something. Mm. He, he gets possessed, but then he fights it off. Yeah, you know, and he goes back to himself, and he's like, "All right, I'm out the window." You know, I, I think yeah, I, I think that's that's the one thing you see the f- fear, and I think this is why Karis get is such a, a kind of a beloved kind of within this film, and I think yeah. maybe comes out possibly as the strongest in this oh, film. definitely not just because of his sacrifice, but because of the journey you see him go on yeah. from being completely lost of faith at the beginning to slowly having these little moments of I could do this to actually being like. I'm going to fight for this regardless if no one else is going to fight for yeah. this. Like, I'm going to fight for this. And there's also a little bit of push there with his mother. Like, I didn't fight for my mother enough. Yeah. I'm going to fight for this girl. I'm not going to lose another... Th- like, no one yeah. else deserves to die yeah. because I'm not trying to do what I should do. Um, and that's a little bit of his faith. And I think the scene I said about the mother, you see a little bit of that because before he's very, like, we're going to try these things, but there's no guarantee. This yeah. isn't going to work. So when he makes that defining... I'm go- your daughter is going to live yeah. he definitely seems to have got it when he goes back into that room um, but you know very quickly you see how that can be stumbled because mainly because he's like this is too much power yeah. we can't do anything about it so I think his faith is rebuilt but he's he hasn't got the belief that he can actually that we can defeat evil is now the problem yeah, that's and it. he's there and then that like you just said in that final part that's when it's like you know it's not that they're defeated but we can you know we can win in some ways yeah if we keep fighting within our religion we can win and for that i must sacrifice myself yeah and then the scene itself where he's going down the because we and this is why i think this is such an effective scene because we didn't see it earlier yeah. and it's something again that modern horror films really fuck up and, and what i think actually was effective with the new one as well you know not as effective and scary as it could have been um but it definitely worked towards the end is a lot of horror films, they show too much. They yeah. do so much that by the time it gets to the end, the third act's always filled. And I find with a lot of modern horror films, with, and we find it more often than not, I feel like when we talk about a lot of films recently, we say it was so good until the third act. Because yeah. they'd built so much up. Either they'd done so much gore, so much horror, so much thing. By the time you get to the third act, you're a bit like, yeah, but that wasn't, you know, we've already seen better than that. You, you, yeah. You've already toppled yourself and therefore you've made your ending weaker because we can't. Whereas this one is all like, the fact we don't see Burke Denning's death, yeah. twisted neck, thrown down the stairs. If we'd already seen that in the film, this wouldn't suddenly feel as, as like, oh, well, you're just repeating yourself. We've already seen this. Happen. Yeah. But mainly that was more to be the setup of the idea that there is a stair right below there. We've yeah. set up the idea. We've set how violent it can be. So when you see him going smashing down those stairs, yeah. and I think it, it's almost worse in my head than it actually is in the scene, but you know, you still hear those concrete bricks yeah. and he's smacking down them. And then at the bottom, you, you hear like a, a thump and you see like the blood start to pour yeah. around him. And then you get lots of people starting to like appear. Yeah. And you get that shot of them. And the, 
the priest from the local church Give, who'd been at the party rights, yeah. right there, which again is just oddly like kind of an effect, like a kind of, I think plays as a kind of a little emotional kind of, I don't know why, it just seemed quite like releasing that he's giving him that last right kind of yeah. thing. It seemed like, a, seemed like an appropriate ending instead of just leaving it at he's dead. Like he's still getting that moment of peace or that moment Yeah, of, in a strange way. Um, you know? The moment of people kind of giving him respect that I feel like yeah. he hadn't got the whole film. Yeah. Um, it's part of the redemption, you know. Is, and you said is that he's he's he he knows that by you know letting himself die, like Pazuzu kind of doesn't win. Like he doesn't get to kill Regan. I say he when it's like a yeah. Mesopotamian demon. You know, I think they defy gender. When um, <laughs> but you know Pazuzu doesn't win because Regan's not hurt and doesn't get killed. Father Karis may die. But his, you know, his sacrifice is an act of love, you know, for his fellow humans. Yeah. And it's that kind of goes against what Pazuzu's standing for. And then he gets his last rites of, like, whether the other father knew that they were doing an exorcism or anything like that. But he's still getting his religious, you know, his religious send-off almost. Yeah. No, it's um, it's hugely effective. It's, it's hugely effective, isn't it? You it's the right? one thing I would <laughs> A little bit of burnt there. Yeah. Uh, it's a hugely effective ending. Do not ending. disgust our listeners. Um, the, that's why I said it just feels like the film goes from slow, but it builds. And yeah. it builds. And it builds to a satisfying build where it's like you've got to the top now. Yeah. You know, you've taken it as high as you can. And the whole film is that kind of build, which is why I think, you know, it's fine when you've got films that are like slower in their character studies. Yeah. But they do still need to build to something that feels like a climb, a bigger climax, and yeah. that's what effective is. And, uh, and some of the best films ever are because they slowly build to that huge climax. And I used Halloween as an example before, but that is it. it builds that big final with, and then it has that yeah. kind of mysterious. He's there. He was shot six times. It feels like a, a scary, suspenseful yeah. big build at the end. And that's some of the greatest horrors of all time that have that same kind of build. Whereas. I, as I said, I don't say that with certain ones where it just feels like they just throw everything against the wall, the whole film, and then they just hope that something's going to Something sit. sticks, yeah. And that's that's what a lot of possession films feel like for me, honestly, most of the time. Is yeah. that they're just throwing, oh, this will be a creepy scene. This will be a creepy noise in the background. This will be a creepy jump scare of the cat you've seen a million times jump down. Yeah. Or, or the pans that are flinging in the kitchen or whatever that just, they seem to repeat and repeat and repeat or just pushing it further like you child bouncing around the room or whatever yeah. the fuck it is it's like okay great but the problem is like do you know where this is going towards the end have you got anything that actually makes this film like we're building up because i would rather see moments of character building instead of seeing another scene of you doing that because by the time i'm about an hour or so into this i'm going to be bored as fuck of just seeing scenes of this yeah like i you can get bored of horrific scenes just like you can get bored of too much character, too much, you yeah. know, if they don't do if, it properly. If it doesn't pay off well, as especially, you know, yeah. which I think this film ultimately does. I, I I said at the start, I always forget just how much building there is in the film. I always yeah. forget how much slower it is. And then and watching it back each time I was watching, you know, certain scenes or thinking about how the film was paced, I was thinking, yes, it's, it's very similar to you know, Believer did try and keep it maybe a bit too tame and not exactly f- filled with scares, but it did keep 
you know, it stayed true to that part, to that of, part of the of the film without yeah. just completely like ripping off the same film. Yeah, it didn't feel exactly the same. It felt like it had its own story to tell. It got it was a bit. But, it got you know, a little a few moments. Tight, yeah, you know, especially it, like they're the always going to when they're legacy ones. They're always yeah. going to be like they have to take influence from some of it, don't they? Yeah, but yeah. I was going to say one thing, just because we didn't mention it in that previous one, and there are enough links here to read to that last episode, because if you've seen our Believer episode, if you haven't, go, go check, check it, it out. out. <laughs> but um, one other thing was, as in the episode talking about the Dean, but something I only just found out that I'll throw in now because it's linked, yeah. um, is that it's not Pazuzu in the Believer. Isn't it? No, it's not the same. They're, they've, it's um, uh, Lamastu or something um, like that so they actually went with a different one because you actually see the different demon in like two of the scenes which I don't remember seeing at all but apparently the demon flashes in the background like twice in the film I don't remember I don't remember seeing that at all um, but yeah so it's not it's not actually even the, the same demon it's a different one so but then how does it remember it reacts like it is as if they know about it but yeah. I don't know I think because in that in the scene when they say about it being Link um, they say they react like as if they know of him or if they've been... But I think it might be more that they know of someone who's been possessed yeah. before or who has been near possession before. Yeah. Not so much they know exactly who they are or maybe it's just linked in that way. But yeah, well, anyway, I mean, you can see pictures of Lamastu online or if that's how it's pronounced. I mean, um, I'm guessing they went with the... It's probably because they were going to do a trilogy which questionable if they are yeah um, uh, oh apparently they are but apparently david gordon green won't actually never plan to direct all three of the films apparently yeah uh, but um it might be because they're building towards pazuzu as the big finale <laughs> that would have been there each one will have a different demon until they get yeah. to pazuzu maybe that's why they they were like oh they that's another way to hold it till later until maybe that's why they're a bit tamer they're not quite as dirty as pazuzu yeah. Pazuzu got that pure filth mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pazuzu's proper going for it. Pazuzu's though. the the uh, the sexual in sexually in in <laughs> that my <laughs> words just went completely wrong there. The sexually inappropriate and foul mouthed motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well done, man. I mean, I'm just reading that in Sumerian mythology. Lamast, who was a female de- demon who harassed women during childbirth and attempted to steal their children. Because so, I believe Pazuzu is also based on an actual religious... Yeah. Uh, not really, you know, kind of... Mythology. Mytholo- mythological kind of creature. So I think they've just taken another one, but related it more to a different female or females. Yeah. Um, not that the original wasn't a female anyway. But, uh, yeah. but it's interesting that they've tried to change the lore a little bit there. So it's another one kind of thing. But I don't know if that was meant to be part of the biggest plan or... We'll I see if we know. ever get the rest of that. But the original, um, there's not really much else to say about the film itself. Regan's back to normal. She weirdly, yeah. I don't, we don't really know how much time's passed. Um, but it's not that long after that they're moving out of the house. No. It only, in fact, they're talking about investigation still as if it only just happened because the priest talks as if it's only just been like a day or two. But Regan's face already looks like it's like. It's got some bruising to it. But that's yeah, pretty much about but it. She looks pretty it. fine. She's Even alright. She had like more she? cuts and stuff, but it looks like she's way better. So I'm not sure exactly timeline there. But yeah, they leave, which I guess yeah you would. Yeah, <laughs> of course. You don't want to be back <laughs> around that house just in case the house had something to do with it as yeah. well. But um, but it kind of ends detective is left, swiftly, doesn't it? But the, yeah, it, it, the detective is just like, well, I guess that's sort of yeah. Know? Oh, well, there's another dead person. Um, There's two dead people. You do kind of question that a little bit, because they're like, well, first the girl was the only one in the house, now the girl's in the house, and the priest's gone out the window again. Yeah. And no one's like, 
Kind of feels like this should have ended with Regan being taken away in anger. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't anger. know how you did this. This girl has man strength. But because they say that, yeah. She has that special man strength. She's but, got um, special man strength. I think we need to take her in for further questions. I feel like there's an extra extended version yeah. of this where it's like, actually, wait a second. Where she goes to prison for murder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Regan taken down or or mum taken down for it. Or maybe they just because they blame it all on Father Karras. Maybe. <laughs> maybe that's the sad <laughs> twist that we don't actually get to hear. Is like, he ah, that. so Father Karras was the one doing all of the... Uh, the, the, all of the killing and all the diddling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Father Karras. But yeah, Rip. Rip King. Rest in peace. <laughs> I mean, have you got anything, any more additional comments? No, I mean, there, there are more curse things and things like that, but I, I feel like we've we've delved into a few of those. There are many more. If you want to find more about the, the killer's if you want to find more out about the curses or you want to find more people that were born in Scranton, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then uh, feel free to go and delve deeper into it. But I, I, think, I think we've done our, we've done our beliefs. We've, we've spread and we were compelled by <laughs> yeah. this one. I um, mean, it's a fucking, it's a classic and it's a great film. But it, I think it's one of those films where I don't, I don't think I, I'm probably not going to watch it again for some time. To be completely honest, yeah, it's it's definitely not one that you. It's not the one that I'd be like constantly like I'm going to stick this on all the time yeah. because it's just with like slower build ones. It's not like my go to is like a fun like I'd I'd watch this all the time. Yeah, um, but I I'm not gonna. Like, it's definitely one where I can appreciate how good it is. Oh yeah, I know that this is a classic of horror, and it's definitely one that there are certain films. When you see people online turn around and say, "Oh, that was so slow, it was boring," you know, yeah. or that's that film's just not scary, or have you watched it recently? It's not scary. I mean, I would I would say that actually, I think some parts of this are are more shocking and more scary than a lot of film horror films I see. You know, yeah. I'm not saying that there's not plenty out there that have new ways of showing different grisly things and shocking, mainly more like what happens to bodies or yeah. or when it relates to things like you know mutilation or, or yeah. rape or like that kind of thing it's yeah. still shocking uh, but in terms of like what's happening here this is still just as shocking in ways than it was all the way back then yeah and it's still i'd say there are still lots of horror horrors that come out nowadays that cannot match the intensity that this film has at parts the shocking nature um just that general kind of atmosphere that this film contains um, so I would definitely question people when they tell me that this is not a good film. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree, man. I think it it's... is. It's like an untouchable, I think, and I understand that. And I expect to come back into this thinking, "Am I not going to like this as much as I did when I was younger?" Yeah. And it's you know I found that with some horrors that I have revisited, but for me, no. This is this is like this is one of those that it's like it's like Psycho, it's like Exorcist, yeah. it's Halloween. There are ones that are just like, if someone says to me, it's not good, I was like, I've got to just say it. I, 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 in many films, I'd be like, it's your taste. It's your opinion. It's your, your opinion. It's thing. But I think there are certain parts of some films, just when you say it, and it's like, it's you know, like any other genre, like Godfather or whatever, yeah. you might say they're slow in certain things. You might say there are things you don't like about them. But to deny that they're a good film and that they're a well-made craft and that, yeah. um, that millions of films after them have not copied them and they made a whole genre of yeah, film. it's hard to argue isn't it's it? hard not to say like you're ignorant <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well because I, I mean apart from like if when you get rid of a lot of the you know looking at the themes of the film and how the themes are kind of portrayed and interwoven and a lot of the the kind of scare and the atmosphere if you look at it from like a 
a technical standpoint and put together production values and that kind of stuff it's a really strong film it, visually it's beautiful it's yeah. got get, kind of got a great like color palette going on it's shot really well it's got a lot of like foreshadowing and a lot of stuff kind of trickled in there like we do see shots off the stairs quite often so you yeah, know yeah, that yeah. they're going to come back in oh yeah um it's like the acting the writing's done well people are good are delivering good performances yeah when you can delve into those films in the film when you can make links like you said like the foreshadowing but when you can make links about like the fact that you can see how even in like the hospital scene if you look yeah. into how much like william Fredrickson actually went into really finding out and those scenes are uncomfortable because they feel Very horribly real. real yeah um and even going into the fact that this film's delved so much and obviously a lot of this could come from the original book william, yeah. william blatty i think it is yeah, the, his blatty. books but um you know even the way it delves into the religion and looking at it from a real kind of what it was like in the 70s or before the 70s yeah um and the way that you can contrast that with what's happening it all feels very well researched and fought into it's not just you're thrown together like I don't know. I haven't watched it. Someone said something about the Pope's exorcist and said like it's like as if someone they say that's based on real life and it, and lots of people I've heard oh, saying well if that's what real if that's what really the life was like then I don't believe yeah. any of that because none of this felt like it was real at any point. It feels like you read something and just said yeah we can do that but let's add more demons and let's make it yeah you know more you know it's those kind of films nowadays where it does feel like they've rushed to make a film that was like that and they haven't really reset they haven't really tried to go any deeper than the context of yeah. oh, it's a possession film so yeah we have some demons someone's possessed someone does some crazy shit you know what I mean we've got someone who wants to help them we've got a parent who's in and basically they're using this yeah. they're using this film and being like basically you just do what the exorcist did but with Russell add, add some more go add some more gore to it you know because it's modern yeah, day get Russell Crowe um, and like things like yeah, that and then someone comes up to them and goes okay well we can do it this way for CGI which we'll be able to do you know uh, that, that'll only take us you know a, a couple of months to get that done or we might have to add some extra time but we can build this set we can do it practically but we're probably going to need yeah. like a good six months to a year to, to really make this good yeah CGI me CGI then. just CGI, CGI instead and you know you can say whatever you can about CGI but CGI based stuff and that was some of the little nitpicks we had with Believer and I didn't think it was as noticeable as it was but when it was occasionally like pure CGI just doesn't work as nah, well. it kind of gets ready. Horror should be as practical as it possibly can be. It's like, well, to be honest, any film could be. If you watch yeah. it, like, look at, like, say, Christopher Nolan's film. There's a reason that that, it has more CGI than he lies about. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he also has a ton of practical, and it makes it feel grounded and real. Yeah. And horror, that's what it should feel. It should, should if you've feel. got that grounded realism, it brings it close to home and it makes it scarier. When it's like fake blood, you yeah. can freaking tell, and it kind of takes you out of that moment. And, yeah. and that's what I mean. Whereas this, like, really felt like it's happening, and yeah. it feels like it's happening to them, and even makes you test your belief with head twisting and stuff yeah. like that, and like, what the fuck's going on? And it just really grounds it. And I just think that we do have a sad, like, nowadays, a lot of them, we have a sad culture now, with, even with filmmaking. Where the ones that have been really fought through, you can feel it. The ones that have just been like, "Oh, we're gonna make that film, are we?" Okay, yeah. you got you got like you got like two months to get that done. Write the script. You got a couple of weeks. Then we need to start making it. And, then, yeah. and that's what a lot of them are now. They're just they're just like on the sure. conveyor belt. You know what yeah. I mean? And there's no time to be like, let's really take our time to research and let's yeah. look into this. And 
And that's why certain films are just superior because you talk to the director and they can talk for hours about yeah. how this worked and how we wanted to bring this to life and things like that. And then if you see interviews with certain directors nowadays that have done certain films, they they just don't have that same like with like certain films that I've seen interviews with horror directors. Some of them I can tell that they really knew their shit, and some of them were just like, yeah, well, you know, we wanted to kind of make it scary, so we brought in a really good team of CGI guys. Yeah, I, like, I don't. Eh. I also think whether whether it's an old an old thing or whether it's like the directors just knowing what they want to make with the film. Like yeah. if you look at William, is it William Fredkin who made it? Yeah, William Fredkin and John Carpenter right if you look at their interviews hmm. in the past couple of years like John Carpenter did one the other day where he was like only I he was he said about a thing uh, theory he was like nah only I know what's going on the the, the like head of cinematography or the editor nah you no, don't know shit it was it's all a, my it was, it's my vision yeah. I'm never going to tell anyone and Robert yeah. and William Friedkin was like I don't give a fuck they, yeah. they said something you can say your theories but I it's my vision but that that is the point a great director is someone who has that pure vision and sadly nowadays films are made by that committee yeah you know you make it one way and then you've also got and, and that's partially was in my head with Believer is that I feel like as much as it is like part of it is David Gordon Green's vision I feel, I couldn't help but feel like someone along the way went Ah oh, nah, the studio sending you these notes. You gotta do it. You gotta change these things. Yeah. Just can you do that for us? We spent four hundred million on this franchise. Yeah. You gotta follow our notes if you want to make this film. Ah, oh, can you get rid of that bit about them doing that? That ah, oh, we don't want that. Middle no. America doesn't like this. The Latino community will not respond well to that horrible reference that you've added in there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. any of those notes that you hear and you hear about them all the time in the movie industry where directors after the film's been released, they're like Oh, the studio were fucking dicks the whole time. They constantly were just nitpicking. They wanted to reshoot scenes. Yeah. They shot stuff without me, then add, sent it to the editor. The editor, you know, and you can even tell that relationship like that. Like the editor had no relationship with me because basically I was locked out of the editor's room. Yeah. And it's these horrible things you hear and then you hear what the original film was and you're like, that sounded way better with the director's vision. But no, nah, we're just going to do it our way. And yeah. There are yeah. some, there are some, there are lots of directors out there that still get their vision and get to do it the way they want to, but sadly, it's more and more common to have like, oh, they want to make this film, they've hired a director, oh, you made some short film, you make it, but we're in control. Or the test screening, the audiences didn't like it, so we've got to reshoot. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. Know? Oh, they didn't like that the character died at the end, and then you watch the version where they've added tacked on some happy shitty ending, and it's yeah. like. Oh, this film would have been so badass if you just yeah. committed to the death. <laughs> also, know? I just found out he died in August. What, William, William Fred? William Fred. Yeah, yeah, I heard, I heard about that. Rick King, this, yeah. rest, in, rest in power, King. But yeah, have you got any uh, that, any other comments? I'm done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I will now rest you in will peace. Rest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we've, we've talked quite in depth about our thoughts on the film, some of the themes, some of the interesting tidbits that we've learnt both of our you know both of our facts were equally as interesting as each other um but yeah come and let us know your thoughts on the exorcist uh, by letting finding us on twitter and instagram at cmth podcast remember the power of christ compels you to uh, hit that subscribe button and leave us a lovely review if not i'm just going to eat myself out of the window uh, take care and we will see you next week Bye-bye.